This is FatCast for August 7th, 2010. I am Leslie Kinzel of FatChanisa.com, and as always, joining me is Marianne Kirby of TheRotund.com. In this episode, Marianne and I are talking bras. listening to FatCast, and uh, <laughs> you realize I mostly just do that to make you crack up. We got a woo just, you know, apropos of nothing already. This, this, this will be a good episode. Uh, <laughs> I did about my bagel. We sort of, <laughs> we wanted to talk today about underpants and bras. Uh, this sort of was inspired by earlier this week. There was dramas on the Lane Bryant Twitter feed. Basically, the Lane Bryant Twitter person tweeted about a shirt on uh, that Natalie Perkins, a.k.a. Def Natalie, made on a cafe press store that said, I, I forget the exact phrasing, I think it's something like, does my fat arse make me look fat in this, or something like that. Yep. And... <clears throat> The Lambert Twitter person, for whatever reason, didn't understand or did understand and just thought it was stupid or whatever and posted a disparaging tweet on the subject. And, of course, the Fatosphere army instantly mobilized and began assaulting the Lambert Twitter feed relentlessly. I have said it before, and I will say it again, 140 characters is just enough to be an asshole. It, re- <laughs> it really is. It's I true. mean, Lane Bryant was wrong on the internet. Mm-hmm. and Had to be told. It, yeah, they were told. Yeah. Oh, snap. <laughs> um, they were but, told by so many people. They were told by people without even sort of, uh, uh, like, I would have understood it if it was all you know, sort of people with a stated connection to, you know, sort of fat acceptance blogging or people who knew Natalie for one reason or another. But there were a lot of people who just came out of the woodwork to be like, wow, that's bullshit. And by the way, your clothes fucking suck. Yeah. (laughs) So there was there was one tweet I particularly enjoyed. I don't even know who Lane Bryant is, but and I was like, how do you not know? Oh. She's not in the U.S. Okay. Yep. Like, it was just great that, you know, this person has no connection, no prior investment in the company whatsoever, and still thinks it's fucked up. Yeah. Because so. it was fucked up. It was just a stupid thing to do from a lot of levels. Sort of the, the thing that I kept getting stuck on was that, you know, this is a massive American corporation that is dissing a tiny little independent artist. And that's just... Like, like that's just like a cartoon character thing. Like, it's just so ridiculously <laughs> cliched and stupid. But whatever. So any, anyway, long and the short of it being, Lane Bryant did something stupid, and then they levied this sort of half-assed um, apology, which I actually really did appreciate because I did not expect to get an apology from them. Um, even though I, I, Yeah, I think the apology was like 80% spin because the apology claimed, oh, we didn't know when we thought it was being mean, except some of the subsequent tweets 
would seem to Im indicate that they did know that it was meant not as a, a negative attack. Um, well, the, one of the very first queries directed at them as soon as they posted their tweet was by Lucid Lunacy uh, going, basically, you know she's a fat acceptance blogger, right? Yeah. And their tweet in return was that, yes, they just thought there are better ways of expressing acceptance. Right. So, and I mean, I don't know if they spiraled it from there. Yeah, I don't know if they actually, I mean, that response, I'm still, I'm still not 100% sure whether they actually did know or whether they were just trying to, Heather, who is apparently their Twitter person, um, was trying to sort of like, you know, cover her tracks, like maybe that in that moment she may have realized like, oh, oops, um, and was trying to sort of backtrack a little bit and just, you know, say whatever it had to work. be said to, to you know, smooth it over. Huh? It said it didn't work. It made yeah. things worse. It it totally made things worse. Um, yeah. But for whatever reason, you know, and it 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 ultimately culminated in a lot of people sort of unloading on Lane Bryant, which wasn't in incredibly surprising because people love any reason to unload on Lane Bryant a lot of the time because they are sort of a disappointing, you know, for a lot of a lot of people. I think there's a lot of Lane Bryant resentment because. For so many people, they are the only game in town, or one of, like, two games in town. And quite, there is... Quite literally, not figuratively. Like, they're the only store like that's in a 100-mile radius. Yeah. yeah. And that's true of, of really significant numbers of plus-size women in this country. So I think there's a lot of resentment when, you know, if that's one of two stores that you can actually shop in in your area, and you hate everything that they're putting out, yeah, you know, I could see being angry about that, you know, even though it's not, obviously it's not personal and, you know, they're, they're not trying to alienate you as a comp customer by, you know, putting out shit that you hate, but, you know, I mean, it, it, it's frustrating before, in fairness, before I ordered clothing online, which I didn't do for most of my life, I would get really angry. I would go into Lane Bryant and if I hated what they were putting out that season, I would leave in a rage because I knew that it would be like five months before I would see anything that I liked. And that is incredible. Go ahead. I often have to enrage because of pricing. Yeah. Because when I was a super poor college student um, and a super poor teacher, their, their pricing was not as bad as it is now. I mean, their prices, their response to the sort of economic downturn was to close a lot of stores and back their prices up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that your sort of average consumer who has only Lane Bryant as a resource is really feeling that pinch. Because before, where maybe you could scrape together enough money to buy a pair of pants, now they've, you know, they've put a fancy different label in and it's $40 more and it's just outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of simmering Lane Bryant resentment. Um, but the one, to sort of bring this back to the point, I guess, um, the one thing that I, the one thing that I kept, you know, seeing from people repeatedly and that I actually thought myself was, yeah, I, I'd love to not buy shit from Lane Bryant anymore, except they're the only place that has bras that work for me that don't cost, you know, $90 per bra. I, I wrote a whole entry about how I've worn their underwear for like, 
15 years, something mm-hmm. like that. Like, I, I've been an exclusive Lane Bryant brought an underpaid consumer. <laughs> yeah. For over a decade. And that was one of my immediate thoughts. I mean, other people, you know, actually expressed it that they'd love to shop somewhere else, but Lane Bryant is is it for them with the underpants. Yeah. That's all they get. That's the end of the road. And I mean, particularly when you're dealing, I mean, underpants are, are you know, like actual bottoms. I, I admit I am really, really, really sort of dedicated to Lane Bryant for that too, even though I know I could get like bottoms lots of places for probably less money, but I like theirs. Um, but the bra thing in particular is sort of uh, almost like a life or death situation for a lot of people because, you know, wearing, I mean, for better or worse, wearing bras is considered sort of socially necessary. And, you know, a lot of people who work in professional environments, if they, even if they wanted to go braless, and a lot of them don't, but if they wanted to, that could be a problem that, well, I mean, I'm, I I don't want to bring up a story that you don't want to tell, but didn't you have an issue with this? Not going braless, but a boob issue? <laughs> oh, I did have a boob issue. Um, <laughs> I, I got, like, lectured at work because I wore a dress that was cut incredibly similarly to what other smaller chested people in my department were wearing, <laughs> and I got lectured that my clothes were too sexy. How dare you wear what other people wear? I know. I was like, every single person in this department is wearing a little, you know, surplus, surplus, however it's pronounced, the little crossy tops. Yeah, surplus. Yeah, that bullshit. So I was wearing a little dress. It wasn't even like the kind of dress where you're like, oh, God, I have to put a hang right. on or my, my um, you know, my bra will show. It was just a little dress. No, apparently that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I think this is, that that sort of speaks to the broader issues, sort of cultural issues with boobage and particularly larger boobage. But well, I mean, it, it, it speaks to larger bodies are more out of control. Right. Which is, is sort of the dominant cultural view I guess and that means with our food that means with our sexuality that means with our unrestrained bosoms I guess (laughs) (laughs) but for you know for for better or for worse in a in a corporate environment that's one of the things that you have to deal with that your body is perceived differently and oftentimes more sexualized and if you do not have proper foundation garments that's that's going to be an issue mm-hmm. and it's either going to be an issue because you don't look professional enough or it's going to be an issue because you look too sexy or it's going to be an issue because they just don't think your breasts belong in that position because mm-hmm. you're too damn distracting <laughs> yeah well i mean it pisses me off because my boobs aren't anybody else's business no i mean i realize they're out there but but it, it's one of those sort of we we can rage against this machine, but we also have to go to work. Right. So these are the sort of compromises you sometimes have to make to stay employed. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's sort and, of... Go ahead. Well, I, I think uh, when we sort of talked about this, one of the interesting things is that we come at this from two different ends of the bra spectrum. Extreme ends, I would say. <laughs> We, we come at this from different ends of the bra spectrum, but it is no less an issue for you. Right. Well, because in, in my case, and I mean, I, I sort of in a backwards way can relate to women who can't, like, you know, women who wear sort of way out there. I'm, I'm Just to, to set the stage, I'm very small bosomed. I wear like a 44B and that is a bra size that does not exist in a lot of bra making outlets. Um, you can find some on justmysize.com, but they tend to be, we were laughing before, because they tend to be like the 18 hour cross my heart style, which they come in a box. They come, <laughs> they come in a box, y'all. And they're not, <sighs> yeah. It um, was, it, that that was sort of the the thing that I I you you can't really say I was forced to wear it because you're a kid and your parents buy your clothes, mm -hmm. um, especially if you don't have a job of your own that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that was what was provided from like a very young age when I first started needing bras to when I could start buying my own bras. Um, was was those stupid cross your heart playtex in a box bras. Yeah. I wore one of those to prom. <laughs> it's so sad. Which is just <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that they are utilitarian and they get the job done for many people, but mm -hmm. they kind of give you that retro cone boob. Yeah. And that's not the look I was going for. Yeah. And they're not <sighs> It is not for everyone. Not everyone wants to be all like, ooh, fancy underpants. Mm -hmm. But if you do want to be fancy underpants, and that is with what you are presented, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, it's a good barrier to teen sex, I think. Well, <laughs> I actually did the box bra thing for myself um, at, at my early teenage years because that was just... Like, you know, that was, again, that was what was presented to me as, well, this is what you're going to wear. And, you know, I, I, I remember them very unpleasantly. <laughs> I remember sort of feeling like, you know, oh my God, am I seriously condemned to wearing this hor these horrible bras for the rest of my life? And then actually in eighth grade, I got my first underwire bra and sort of realized like, oh, this is a lot better. <laughs> I know I know a lot of people have issues with underwires, but for whatever reason, maybe the small bosom to benefit more from them. But I, was, I love underwire so much. Yeah, I was I was way more comfortable and way happier. And for me, you know, the interesting thing for me is that I'm not actually a fancy underpants kind of person. Um, pretty much every single I think there's like two exceptions, and they're like in the back of the drawer, and I never wear them. Um, every single bit of either drawers or Boob drawers. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one that I ha <clears throat> that I have and wear on a regular basis are cotton and black. Every single one. Like I think I have like one or two light colored bras. If like I'm wearing a dress that I really can't wear a dark bra under because it shows. 
Um, but yeah, for the most part, everything is there. All of my bras and, and people who know, you know, who follow my blog and who know me know that I have an issue with clothing in, in that I have a lot of it and (laughs) (laughs) I like having a lot of clothing. And for whatever reason, it doesn't extend to underwear. I, I could not give a crap. And this goes back, like I never even went through a phase where I was interested in fancy. Actually, well, the closest. the I bet if East Shakti started making fancy underwear. I don't think I would, Mary. No? Honestly, the closest I ever came to being interested in fancy underwear was during my goth phase, and I used to wear ripped fishnets with a garter belt. And even then, the, I hated the garter belt because it had lace on it, and I just wanted it to be just plain, like, like black spandex. Like, I wanted nothing fancy on it. I had, like, a whole collection of those lacy garter belts. <laughs> also well, for my goth clubbing days. Because yeah. when your shorts are that, your skirts are that short, I they mean. T- yeah, and, and it was, it was, that was how, you know, that was the look. And actually wearing that was sort of a, a proto, you know, body acceptance thing for me. Because walking around in, and all I wore at the time were mini skirts. Walking around in a mini skirt and you know, ripped up fishnet stockings, which show because they're supposed to show, um, at least the way I wore them, they were supposed to show. So you have like, you know, mini skirt, like maybe covering like two or three inches below your ass. And then you would have your fishnets and your garters. And that was a huge body acceptance thing for me to walk around like that, where, you know, I had fat thighs and I was gonna you know I didn't give and I got plenty of positive attention I was gonna say I'd also like to point out that it's a really hot look it's a totally hot look and I I when I, in my goth phase I was I was as much punk as I was goth and in, insofar as how I dress so you know having this sort of beat up garter situation going on really worked for me at the time uh, but that seriously and even like I said that's as close as I ever came to having an interest in fancy underpants and even that I didn't like I said and I remember I remember vividly um finding a garter belt at Lane Bryant that was just you know that shiny black spandex Mm -hmm. um there was no lace it was just shiny black spandex and I was ecstatic I think I bought like three of them (laughs) because I'm like I will like we always say I will never find this again yeah so I am stocking up and even like I bought three and the hilarity of, of my backstocking on that is I actually, like, years later after I stopped really going to golf clubs and needing access to the garter belts, um, I was moving and I found one of them with the tags still on it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and I think I still have it somewhere just as a keepsake. <laughs> souvenir i have souvenir pants i understand yeah yeah because i was just i was like this is hilarious but because i you know at the time i could not envision a world or a life in which i would not want to wear garter belts (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no in seriousness my my interest in underpants is incredibly utilitarian i wear the the cotton uh plunge bra the the little boosty one that lane bryant makes because i i the boost is is helpful when you know and when i say i'm a b i'm barely a b like actually i want to point out that for for other people leslie doesn't mean it's helpful in the it gives her bigger boobs sense no she means it's helpful in that it makes her clothes which are not cut for a b cup because nobody cuts for small breasted fat women exactly thank you 
thank you for explaining that. Well, me. I want to be all like, you know. Well, it's I, that's, I, that's I, a huge frustration for me that you know a lot of time. That's part of why I am such a, a shill for Ishakti because Ishak one of Ishakti's even for non custom size stuff. Um, one of Ishakti's measurements, they ask you for your height, but they also also ask you for your bra size, and they actually do cut things to fit that, because I get dresses from Ishakti, and they actually fit my chest, which, like I said, I mean, I when I say I'm a B, I'm, if they made a 44A in the plunge, I would buy it, and it would probably fit a little bit better. That's that's the, the true state of affairs here, but because they don't, I wear the B, and I just, you know, I have somewhere to put my cell phone when, <laughs> when I need to. I and I know I'm you. not the only one who does that, so I won't feel embarrassed about that. But, uh, but yeah, seriously, it, it, it is such a, if I don't have an appropriate fitting bra, anything, like everything that I try to wear is just, it. I mean, I, I, what was I, I ordered a dress the other day from Avenue. It's this cute little denim yeah, I know, denim dress, but I, I like it, so fuck you if you don't like it. Um, <laughs> this, this cute little denim, you know, sort of pretty simple, you know, boat neck dress, and I put it on, and the bosom is like, you could fit like three extra boobs in there. <laughs> like, it's it's gigantic. And I sometimes I can sort of fudge with it by like, depending on the style of the dress, by making the dress sort of look a little blousey, or I'll put on a belt. And make, you know, it look like, well, it's supposed to be a little blousey on the top, so it yeah. looks okay. But this is just, what it was, I mean, it's a tailored dress. There's nothing, I mean, I'm just going to have to rip it out and alter it and take in the, the bosoms, which... Which is a pain in the ass. It's a huge pain in the ass. I mean, unfortunately, I've I've had to get really good at it um, because, you know, this is a, a common state of affairs and it's actually easier and less frustrating for me to just alter the dress than send it back and pay for shipping two ways and get, you know, like 10 bucks back on my, yeah. my total experience. So yeah, I, I, I'll just go ahead and all, cause it wasn't that expensive to begin with, but you know, it is, it is my, my, my frustration with bras is rooted not so much in, Oh, I want to have awesome cleavage because guys, I will, there is no bra that will give me awesome cleavage. Like if I lean over and smush my arms together, <laughs> I will get awesome cleavage. <laughs> but short of that, it just it's just ain't how I'm built. I'm, That's not I'm, really a practical posture for getting things done either. It's a practical posture for getting my husband's attention. <laughs> and it works. It really totally works. Like if, if, you know, I'm trying to talk to him about something and he's zoning, all I have to do is lean forward and smudge a little. And he's like, what? <laughs> Anything you say there. But <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of my my primary bra frustration is like I said, I really do see them as purely utilitarian. I've tried to get into the fancy underpants thing and I know you love the fancy underpants thing. I do. I can't I like I can't I've tried I can't even deal with boy shorts. Like that has too much going on for me. <laughs> Lane Bryant, I, love, actually... I love that we come at this from different angles though because I think it is yeah. incredibly important for there to be like a range of underpants availability 
I guess. I agree. Yeah. Like it, it, as with so many other things, it's about options Mm -hmm. and how we don't have them. Yeah. And how that angers both of us exceptionally. Well, and what's interesting (sighs) is, is for all of my bitching about the box bra, that's too utilitarian for me. Like, you know, there has to be a happy meeting because everyone has, I mean, I feel like we all have sort of our expectations out of underpants. And some of us, yeah, are perfectly happy with a box bra that is incredibly supportive and doesn't do anything else. Um, some I of us, really you know, and, and, <laughs> and difficult to put on yeah, they are there's so much fabric. And they're not like the ones, I don't know about the ones that you used to wear, but the ones that I wore had like no lycra in them at all. That's like correct. maybe a little bit in the band, but like the cups were like the stiff fabric. So, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And they like, you know, the thing where you fasten it in the front around your waist and then you like twist it yeah. around and work it all up. Like I used to feel like I was ripping my own skin off. Yeah. Because it was so unpleasant. And I think that my interest in fancy underpants is a direct reaction to just how incredibly ugly I felt those were. Not just in, like, they're uglier than they need to be. It's not just that they are utilitarian garments. It is that there is no thought whatsoever put into the aesthetics of them. They're, like, gratuitously ugly. Yeah. They're like, they designed them in 1940 to be as ugly as possible and haven't updated those fuckers since. And, I mean, I think there's a difference between preferring things that are plain and simple and wanting something that is genuinely what I would consider an ugly garment. Yeah. And and even even that is subjective. Like, we should acknowledge even that is subjective. Oh, Totally. But, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's like we said, there has to be a range of, of options where even if I say I want something utilitarian, but I also want it to be comfortable and to function, you know, in, in, in the way that I expect it or I need it to function. I mean, I seriously, I have such vividly terrible memories of those bras that I am pretty sure when I go to hell, which is going to happen because I spent my life advocating an unhealthy lifestyle, when I go to hell... All they will have for me are piles and piles of box bras to wear. I think that Satan will cut you some slack. <laughs> I've done so much of his work. Exactly. <laughs> He'll be like, here is a cotton plunge bra. <laughs> you get one. Make it And last. if the underwire breaks, don't come crying to me. Oh my god, the underwire breaking situation. <sighs> Well, you and I were talking. We both basic, we have the same basic underwear shopping habits. We go twice a year. We stock up at the Lane Bryant Kissick semi-annual sale. Yep. And for me, at least, unexpected underwire breakage when I'm not close to one of those, like, magical sales is... It's kind of catastrophic. Yeah. And, like, if I get off cycle for whatever reason, and it happens to several bras, and suddenly I'm down to, like, one and one that has the underwire sticking out of a hole in the side, 
you know, I, I get really desperate because, as you said earlier, it's not like this is something you can really go without yeah. in most of our lives. So, and I wouldn't want to. Like, it it would it would hurt. Yeah. I, I'm very fond of my bras uh, as supportive garments and also because they're pretty. <laughs> well, one of the things that I actually have taken to doing as much as I love the plunge bra is I actually hack all of my bras mm-hmm. because I, with the plunge bras, part of I think why I'm so in love with the plunge bras is it's the only bra I've ever worn that didn't reliably pop an underwire out of one of the sides. Which, My... I mean, guys, I am not putting undue stress on this stuff. I mean, I have tiny little bosoms. But <laughs> every other bra, at some point or another, would just break through the casing and then jab me in the armpit, you know, for a day until I could take it home and then sew up the, you know, break, which I got really good at doing. Yeah. But the other thing, the only bad thing out of right out of the package for the... Uh, plunge bras is that they have these little they have your underwire and then on the band right next to the underwire there's this like random little fucking piece of plastic boning i love that piece of plastic boning i'm I glad wire it i'm happy that you like it i fucking hate it yeah. because it just doesn't i don't know if maybe it's because my you know it's these bras are probably designed on like a c or d cup model yeah, and then they scale them up or down, um, for bigger or smaller. For whatever reason, it doesn't actually that little boning doesn't actually hit me like in a place that would be useful or helpful. Yeah. Instead, it hits me where it jabs me in the armpit, much in the same way that the you know, and it will creep up and jab me in the armpit. And what I do whenever I get bras from Lane Bryant after the you know crazy semi-annual sale is i go through with a seam ripper and i pull all of that shit out i I'm i go so sorry to, i go to each bra and yank that out and then it's a perfect bra and it's totally comfortable and um you know i take care of them and they last for years and years actually i've been lazy i got lazy in the past six months and i've actually been putting them in the dryer which i know <laughs> people are like clutching their hair and being like no but I know it. they've actually I'm held up they haven't they haven't held up any worse then, you know, I think maybe the, the black is fading a little bit quicker, but, I mean, I don't give a sh- honestly, I don't give a shit about that. Like They're kind of feats of engineering, and yeah. I think that they are designed to hold up to more strain than the dryer puts them under. Yeah, I, mean, I would, one of, I would agree. One of the reasons you don't usually want to put your under things in the dryer is because the heat breaks down the elastic, mm-hmm. but... But I haven't noticed any, you know, like they seem just as as springy as yeah. usual. And, you know, I've and it's so much easier. I mean, otherwise I have like literally I have bra because I have a lot of bras. I generally have and they're all black and cotton. And I when I wash them all, you know, I'll wind up with like, you know, 12 bras sprinkled throughout the condo to dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they take forever to dry because they have all the, you know, they're they're fairly heavily padded. Yep. So, you know, I got lazy and started throwing them in the dryer. And then when I realized, hey, they're not being destroyed, now I'm just throwing all of them in the dryer. I wear the plunge front as well. Mm-hmm. I love the plunge front so much. <laughs> uh, when I get the cotton ones, it tends to be the cotton prints. Like, okay. I have a purple and green and yellow plaid print one. <laughs> And I have a pink and white polka dot print one. Mm-hmm. But I love the lace ones. 
I hate so the lace. I, I have like a it. black lace one, but I've got like a bright screaming canary yellow one and a red one and a blue one and this and that and moving right along. Like, I love that they come in bright colors. Mm -hmm. And I have somewhere, I have like, <laughs> I have a beige strapless bra that I've worn like four times in three years. And the rest of my bras are like Skittles. <laughs> Taste the rainbow of Mar Marianne's bras. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love that there are so many color options. Like yeah. that for me is the, ex that's one of the things I get excited about when it's semi-annual sale time. It's like, ooh, what colors do they have now? Because those box bras come in one color. Yeah. Two, if you're lucky. It's like dingy beige or white. Yeah. Possibly black if you've hit, like, the jackpot. Yeah, what's hilarious is I get excited during the semi-annual sale because I'm like, ooh, I'll have, like, dark black bras again. Yeah. <laughs> Given that I was wearing all, like, I, I was very into my goth phase at the time as well, and I was wearing all black, but under the all black, I would have, like, pale aqua lacy underpants. <laughs> you know, purple with polka dots. And I don't know. Like it just it just worked for me. Like I like having black underwear. I have a selection. Mm -hmm. Um and I do prefer Lane Bryant's cotton underpants because their lace ones have a really long rise. Mm -hmm. And I for 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 listeners, um the rise is basically the crotch length of right. the underpants. And if it's too long, then the crotch of the underpants kind of flaps around. Mm -hmm. Granny panties. That's basically. no fun. Well, yeah. no, not even granny panties, because I find it especially bad on um, the thong and the tanga. Because <laughs> a thong that does not actually connect is is Yeah, when, is you've, got, like, a, when you've got a lot of <laughs> slack in your thong, that, that really defeats some of the purpose there. <laughs> I don't know. They just make them with really long fucking crotches. And I'm like, this is... This, Extra crotch. <laughs> one so other thing, one thing that's sort of interesting to me that I sort of want to talk about too is, you know, I being an old married lady, mostly, you know, if I if I had an interest in fancy underpants, it would probably be for my, because I like them. Yeah. Um, and I think that there is, however, to be said something for folks who are coming to body acceptance and are coming to sort of a sexual awareness of themselves and their bodies who want to get sort of fancy schmancy underwear because they, they feel they want, you know, they're feeling sexy for the first time. And that's sort of like, you know, the window dressing yeah. for that. I mean, for again, you know, even every, everyone that I've ever like dated, I guess, if they were expecting that has been sorely disappointed. <laughs> and, you know, my husband is sort of notorious for saying, you know, I don't give a shit about the underwear. I just want, I, all he cares about is how quickly it can come off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually had a series of boyfriends who were really like appreciative of underwear mm -hmm. and my husband couldn't care less. He's like, it's underpants, whatever, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> video game yeah, yeah, that's great. right there. <laughs> Why are you making me stand here while you're driving? It is oh. simply a barrier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that 
that's kind of sad because I like wearing them for me, but there is something fun about being able to like buy something and dress up for your partner and have them be appreciative of it. And so even though I no longer shop in the Lane Bryant underwear department for my club outfits, <laughs> because when you, you were doing mini skirts, I was often getting their little, their, their short little nighty dresses. Oh yeah. And I would wear those. Um, I think you, I did that a few times, too, to be honest with you. Yeah, usually what my personal favorite thing to do would be to, like, wear one of the little nighty dresses. And those were short. Mm-hmm. Like, looking back, I'm like, my ass was hanging out. Yep. Um, I would wear, like, colored fishnets underneath and then a garter with ripped up black fishnets over that. Ah. Which was how I continued to address the chub rub situation. Right. And then, like, a top hat or pigtails or a feather boa or whatever. <laughs> I had a feather boa, too. <laughs> I, I have, like, four right now. I have, I have a really high-quality feather boa that I got yeah. one year for Halloween, and then I realized, why don't I wear this all the time? <laughs> I feel like that. The only reason I don't wear that all the time is because the cats are like, oh, God, she's wearing the feather boa. Let's eat it. <laughs> There's a giant bird attacking her. <laughs> we must rescue her and rip green feathers out everywhere and chase them through the house. But <laughs> but one reason I still appreciate their like ongoing ridiculous lingerie efforts is because it it's it's something. It's a supply. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't pretend that fat women don't have sex. It doesn't pretend that fat women don't want to dress up sometimes for their partners. I mean, that shit's not practical. Well, and it overtly encourages, I would argue. I mean, and, you know, part of it is capitalism. I mean, they, yeah, it's in their interest to encourage women to feel good about themselves and like they deserve fancy, lacy, elaborate, complicated underwear. And because then they will get Arab into the... trim. And, I mean, there's something to be said for... And this isn't just Lane Bryant, so I don't want to just be like, oh, they're evil and everyone else is awesome. But there's something to be said for a lot of, you know, plus-size manufacturers really do benefit the most by making people feel this weird sort of empowerment. Now, admittedly, it's an empowerment that's connected to the things that we buy, which I would argue is not – it's a stepping stone on, yeah. you know, in toward, you know, real sort of self-acceptance and, and feeling present in your body, but – it's not, you know, it, like, it should be a stepping stone. Like, you know, all, all of all of your your body awareness and acceptance should not be tied up in things that you're buying to put on it's, your body. It is important to, to not solely depend on that because that's something that will change. Yeah. Like, your, your ability to purchase these things may not stick around. Yeah. But you want your ability to feel good about yourself to stick around exactly and also for people who just never have the ability to yeah. make, to, to base that on purchasing things i mean that's you know that's okay that you know you don't have to and i feel like this sometimes is, is a a common introductory conversation in the fashionista live journal where people first coming to the idea that oh maybe i'm not a hideous beast because i'm not skinny you know the first sort of interest is I'm going to go and buy a shitload of clothes because yeah. now I'm not trying to hide. And that's that's awesome and that's great, but that's also sort of just 
a, a very narrow <laughs> interpretation of that, and it's not one that's open and available to a lot of people who can't, you know, who just, for a number of reasons, just can't go out and drop a shitload of cash on new clothing, no matter how good they might be feeling about themselves. Yeah, I don't want to pretend it's not a valid response, and, yeah. and it is, I think, something that many, many, especially women coming to body acceptance, feel. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, yes, you can do this, but remember that, you know, there are other options as well. Exactly. And I mean, I think underwear for women in particular is such a rite of passage that, you know, like getting your first bra, you know, for some of us, for some it's traumatic, for some it's just, you know, whatever, it's a necessity. But, you know, things like getting your first bra, having access to elaborate under things if you're into them is is sort of important i think yeah. um like we're you know saying just knowing i know even though i don't really give a crap about you know having lacy elaborate stuff knowing that i can get it like if i couldn't get it i'd probably be angry about that even though i don't actually <laughs> want it but knowing that i can get it and i have the very legitimate option to be like yeah i'm not really interested is somehow like good in my head (laughs) because again it's the option i mean saying yes or no to something has a whole lot less impact when it is the only thing Mm -hmm. you know when that's your only option or when you don't have an option at all your choice doesn't matter when there's nothing to choose it's true and i mean i i can still bribe I can still buy bras at Lane Bryant. I have been larger chested. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when when I was severely <laughs> disordered in my eating habits and was therefore skinnier, um, though never actually skinny, I actually like I wore a much smaller band size, but a larger cup size because mm-hmm. they don't really change size. They they're pretty regular in their. <laughs> Their size. Your um, bosoms are unchanging as they, the sea. They don't really, yeah, they, they don't really care about my relative body size. They're just like, we're chilling. What's up? <laughs> so, I mean, there was a point where the largest cup size at Lane Bryant was not doing it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't afford the specialty bras. So I was sort of making do and, you know, you keep hiking them up so you don't get that like quad boob look going on. (laughs) I've never experienced that, but I've seen women who experience it. So I know what you're talking about. Yes. I'm like, you've seen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as difficult as it is, you know, even (laughs) if you can shop at Lane Bryant, you're still in a pretty privileged bra shopping category. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, once you cross that triple D threshold, and that's the weird thing about American bra sizes, like, double and triple D are made-up fucking bra sizes. Yeah. A triple D is equivalent to an F. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's basically like, um, you know, we don't know what to call this. <laughs> and specialty so we'll bra just shoppers keep are adding like... adding letters on to the end of it. Yeah. They're like, we, we, we have this size. But it makes you kind of feel like... It does make you kind of feel like, well, we're just going to keep adding D's because this is such an outlandish size. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't actually want to utilize the alphabet or something. I don't know. 
It's Although Lane, Lane Bryant's bra sizing chart, I just recently had reason to notice, actually does have F and G on it. They uh, they sell them through the website. Okay. Uh, you can you can order um, possibly. I I don't think you can get an H. I think once you hit the H, you're out of Lane Bryant, uh, like size awareness. You have left the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, knowing people who wear those sizes, it's it's difficult for them to find bras. Well, I mean, the other... it's well, expensive for them to find bras. Yeah, that's and that's sort of the other thing I wanted to talk about, even though I haven't really had this experience, is the concept of the bra fitting. And like if apologies, if there's like a yowling noise in the background, one of our cats is like going batshit playing with this toy and she keeps making these yowling noises. So if that comes through, I I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> I'm trying to distract her. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I wanted to sort of talk about the whole bra fitting experience i have you ever had like gone to one of these upscale stores where they like grab your boobs and i have and i want to hear more about because i've never gone for the primary reason that most of these stores are invested in catering to women with boobs of size such that you know they have trouble finding bras big enough but i've never and i've actually called a few places and been like you know what is the smallest cup size and biggest band size because for me, it's the band size has to be big, but the cup size has to be small. And they tend to just sort of be like, how is this physically possible? Like, they don't believe I exist. Yeah. Um, so I've never actually had it done. But I know some people have had it done. And there seems to be such a dramatic, like, variance in experiences. Like, people who have incredibly great experiences and people who have, like, traumatically awful experiences. I've had it done a couple of times. Um because sometimes I'm just like, I'm going to go do this. <laughs> I, I went through a phase where I was, like, just trying on formal wear for fun. Mm -hmm. um, That's fun. Yeah. And after the formal... I'm a princess! <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> after the formal wear phase. Like, I mean, it's window shopping. It's fun. Yeah. You know? Um, after that phase, I, I got into, like, a bra fitting phase. And I... I um. I had bra fittings done at Lane Bryant, Nordstrom, Saks, and a specialty bra store. Mm -hmm. And I got a different size out of every bra fitting. Awesome. None of which worked for me. Oh. And, I mean, for, for me, bra sizing has been kind of trial and error. Mm -hmm. And when they come at me with the measuring tape in Lane Bryant, I mean, it's the same face I make when they come at me with the Spanx in Torrid. <laughs> and they go the other direction. Because I want them to leave my fucking boobs alone. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird. I mean, because it is a very, like, touchy-feely process. Mm -hmm. But I have never been sized by a fat woman outside of Lane Bryant. Mm-hmm. And at Lane Bryant, they aren't doing a proper fitting. They're just, they're measuring your band size over your clothes with the old ill-fitting bra on. Mm -hmm. So they're not actually the most useful. <laughs> like, I think those bra fittings at Lane Bryant are a good starting point. But it's not a proper fitting in any way, shape, or form. That's but, really interesting to know. But the um, the other fittings I had 
were exclusively done thin, very thin, older white women, the kind of women who are hired to work in the underwear department of very upscale department stores. <laughs> and my body was a mystery to them. You know, they don't know how it's supposed to fit. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what your sort of squishy fat flesh does in a bra situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I got um I got measured and I would get bands that were much too large don't accommodate for well, fat is kind of squishy. Mm-hmm. Or I would get too small thought, oh well that is squishy. We'll give her something ten inches smaller. I'm like, that's not that's not gonna work at all. <laughs> so I think that bra fittings when when you find someone who is like in tune with the zen of the bra <laughs> you know it, it can be a good experience i mean you get someone who's been doing this for 40 years who's been you know experienced with all kinds of bodies like a who like really a tit, knows what's like a tit whisperer <laughs> yes like a tit whisperer <laughs> I, I think when you find pit whisper prone, you know, you're more likely to have a very good experience with it. But it's yeah. still, especially if you're not super familiar with your body, kind of an invasive procedure. Mm-hmm. They're going to touch your boobs unless they're terrified of your boobs, in which case they're going to make you even more uncomfortable and aware that they're not touching your boobs. The boobs are coming to get you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it takes <laughs> I think it takes a certain amount of comfort, mm-hmm. both with, you know, having your tits hanging out and with people touching your body and being very close to you mm-hmm. that I think a lot of fat women don't necessarily have right off the bat. Right. I mean, I didn't sit on couches because I didn't like to be, like, to, to risk that someone was going to sit next to me. I had small space issues. <laughs> um, I still kind of do in some ways. Anyway. I think, I think you know, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's invasive. And if you're okay with that and you find someone good, you know, it be a totally transformative experience. Mm-hmm. 100% sure. But I think there are more bad bra fitters and apathetic bra fitters and mediocre bra fitters and bra fitters who just don't have enough experience with fat bodies mm-hmm. for it to be the end-all, be-all of bra shopping. So, like I said, I think it's a great place to start, but I don't think you need to take their proclamation of size as the final word. I also think it's worth noting, too, that even people who are extremely body accepting may be uncomfortable in that situation. And that's not necessarily a reflection of, oh, you know, I, I maybe I'm not as, as accepting of myself as I think. It's, I think it's more a reflection of being afraid that you're going to be judged by a stranger and be naked in the process <laughs> that happened or half naked. I mean, it's like the classic... You know, I went to school without clothes on nightmare that, you know, you're going to have this <laughs> this stranger, you know, sort of laughing and mocking at you, even if it's just inside their head. So, yeah, you know, I think that's worth noting 
too because you know and part of and and like you know you don't want to feel freakified either part of my i mean admittedly part of my disinterest in being bra fitted is that you know i have a bra style and size that fits and if link yeah. bryant ever discontinues that well first i'd probably like launch an assault on Lane Bryant, but, you know, after that I would have to get fitted to find, like, a different bra that actually worked for me. But, you know, part of my interest is that, you know, I feel like I'm gonna go, you know, if I go in for a fitting, and I'm pretty sure they don't have anything that's gonna fit me anyway, I'm just gonna basically be flashing, you know, a woman who, you know, is gonna be frustrated that she's not gonna get a commission on me because she can't sell me anything, and I have these annoyingly unpredictable small boobs on a very fat girl so you know there's there's i'm not in incredibly motivated <laughs> to have that experience i guess well that, that was the thing i wanted to remind people is that yes bra fitters are there to provide you with a service but ultimately their purpose is to sell you a bra yeah and you can tell them that it's uncomfortable yeah. And it sucks. And a lot of them will tell you it's supposed to be. And I don't think bras are meant to be like whisper embraces of clouds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're structural foundation garments. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they depend upon is a certain stricture around your torso to yeah. hold everything up. Well, so, I mean, they're never particularly underwires they're never going to be like the most comfortable thing you've ever worn mm -hmm. but they do they do have a certain kind of comfort and if you're not even achieving that then you're wearing the wrong bra well and one thing that's important to remember that a lot of people don't know is that the band is actually supposed to be what supports you not the straps Correct. Uh, which is, this is kind of an important misunderstanding that a lot, because a lot of women go wander. I mean, we've all heard the statistics about, you know, 98% of women are wearing the wrong size bra, which I'd love to know how they arrived at that or how that study worked. And I do, don't know. Like, is there a, a, a supreme bra authority that determines what your true bra size is? Are they just walking around and looking at women on the street going, I don't like her boobs? Yeah, I, I don't know how they measured it, but whatever. One of the things one of the things that is very commonly wrong, though, is a lot of women wear a band size that is too big for them. And thus, the straps are doing the heavy lifting, <laughs> literally. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's not, <laughs> that was good. I didn't even plan that. Uh, <laughs> that's very you know, sort nice. Of, that gives you, you know, that puts a lot more strain on your shoulders and your back than necessarily needs to happen if you're wearing a band size that actually, you know, does most of the yeah. supporting, which is how technically, my understanding, that's how bras are actually engineered. Yeah to perform that the band is supposed to do you know most of the work and the straps are there just to keep you know everything on track <laughs> <laughs> another engineering tip if your bra straps are continually falling down your shoulders loosen them shut up really yeah because it's when they're too tight that they try to like slip off so that's crazy. But try loosening them. You may wind up having a much easier time of things. You need a band size that is of appropriate, like, tightness. 
-hmm. and you need straps that aren't too tight mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise they kind of <laughs> they kind of want to like you know squinch off <laughs> no I don't know <laughs> sorry I really don't I don't know what well, you're talking no, about I, like, all of the comparisons I'm thinking of are horrible well, use a horrible you know, comparison. I think I'm, about I'm tight things around fat things. What? <laughs> I said use a horrible comparison. I use horrible comparisons all the time. It's true, you know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think we've pretty well covered this subject. And unless yeah. you have anything else you want to talk about with regard to, you know, bosom slinging. <laughs> You know, I do think that the issue, once again, is having choice and variety. And, I mean, we've talked about gender expression and that sort of thing. And underwear, for better or for worse, is kind of a big part of femme presentation and yeah. more gender neutral presentation and butch presentation and... If, if you can't achieve those things, you know, under it is incredibly disheartening, mm -hmm. yes, um, is kind of a mild term. <laughs> I just, I mean, I hate to say it. I hate to buy into the commercials, but having underwear you like is, can be a very confidence boosting thing. Yeah. And I think we could all benefit from that whatever underwear you like falls into, whether it's ridiculous lacy stuff or, you know, super plain stuff or those Playtex bras in a box, if that's your thing. I mean, it's, it's important to feel good about what you have on. Yeah. Or about not having anything on because that's okay. Yeah. Too. You want to go commando, I mean, man, I am behind you. <laughs> well, there are there are more and more women talking about going braless, and yeah. I mean, I I can't envision that for myself. I've worn a bra since the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. But the point is that there are more and more women who are going braless, and I think that that is a totally valid and important choice to make, um, both from a personal aesthetics standpoint and a political one. So it's yeah. it is. Important to acknowledge the validity of that option as well. Absolutely. Uh, you have been listening to Fatcast, and we've been talking about bras and underpants. And I am Leslie Kinzel. And I am Marianne Kirby. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Fatcast. The music you have heard in this podcast is by Daisy May. Fatcast is shared with you under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike License.